Hey guys, it's Pastor Rebecca. I hope that you guys are doing well. I hope that y'all had a great weekend, and I hope that everything is going well for you guys. Um, I had a busy week last week, so I didn't do um, as many last week. Um, I had a, a helped a friend out with a wedding, and we just had a lot going on last week. But I'm back, and I'm ready to jump back in and talk about some stuff, grow closer uh, to the Lord in our relationship, learn some truth. Uh, thank you to all of the followers. Please share this podcast. If it's encouraged you, share it with other people, okay? Um, I just, I want you guys to learn. I want all of us to learn and grow together and grow in our relationship with the Lord. So let's jump in. Um, I'm going to read some verses to you, okay? So this is Isaiah chapter 5, and it's verses 20 and 21, and it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Okay, so I wanted to read that to you today. So the title of this podcast is The Play-Doh Gospel. Um, if you were like me as a kid, I used to love Play-Doh. I loved things like Silly Putty, things that you can take and you squish and you squeeze and you mold. And and a lot of times kids love Play-Doh because you can, you can take Play-Doh and you can mold it into anything. Anything you want it to be, okay? If you want to make a dinosaur, you can make a dinosaur. If you want to make an ice cream, you can make an ice cream. And Play-Doh over the years have come out with lots of different tools, you know, things where you can make french fries and you can make cakes and all kinds of things, you know. Um, and people just love Play-Doh because you're in control of Play-Doh. It can be whatever you want it to be. And even if it doesn't look like what you want it to look like, hey, who's to, who's to say it's not it's not because you're molding it, you're shaping it. And I think today that is such a, a truth when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to the Word of God. Now, I'm going to include myself in this because I think everybody at some point has been tempted to do this or has tried to do this. So it's it's not something where I'm pointing my finger out and, to y'all and saying, well, y'all are doing this. No, uh, I have to be real and I have to be honest in saying that this is something that I have done myself as well. Uh the gospel today is not taken for what it is. Uh, today, what people want to do is people want to take the Word of God and they want to shape it like a ball of Play-Doh. They want it to fit their mold. They want it to fit uh, what they think that it should look like. They want it to fit uh, how they they want it to fit to match their lifestyle, rather than uh, making their hearts and lives. Uh, conform to the truth of God's word and more like Christ. They want to conform Christ. Instead of being made more and more in Christ likeness, they want to make Christ into their likeness. And today it's all about what people want. If you Even if you listen to people today when they talk about the truth and they talk about the Bible, it's it's like there is no absolute truth. It's like, oh, truth is, you know, it's okay because uh, everybody lives by their own truth and, and their own inner guidance and da-da-da. And it's a bunch of crap. And that's not the gospel. Um, because we live in a world today where, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. I mean, my goodness, you can look at the look at things right now and everything's being uh, ripped apart. You know, you got... Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head, and, and, and you got all kinds of things that are going out the window because we don't want to offend people, and people are 
quote so sensitive today. Uh, but I'm not here to make a political argument. I'm, I'm here to, to talk about uh, just the culture we live in. It's a, it's a very um, offensive culture. And, and if, if, you know, if you don't, if you say something that offends somebody else, well then, oh, well, you know, it, it's okay because everybody has their own truth. And that's not true. That is not true. You cannot live a life where everyone has their own truth because truth is truth. Okay. Somebody can't live by one truth. You know, it's like, uh, if you touch fire, you're going to be burned. That's the truth. If you stick your hand in fire, you know, without any fire protection on, you're going to get burned. It's not one of these things where somebody can say, oh, well, I'm just going to believe my own truth that if I put my hand in there, I'm not going to get burned because that's my truth. Because that's a lie. It's not true. Try sticking your hand in a fire and see what happens. You know, um, you can't just believe what you want to believe because you want to believe it. Again, I think it goes back to a lot of culture. I'm very hard on the U.S. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm very thankful to be born in a, in a country like this, in a country where we have excess and, and, and we have opportunities and, and we are extremely blessed. And I praise God every day that I was born here. Uh, I do, I am hard on the U.S. though, because I do believe that spiritually there's a lot of things here that miss the mark and that we are, while we may be ahead of others physically, we're behind spiritually, I believe, in a lot of areas. And I think, uh, again, we do struggle with entitlement. There's this spirit of I'm entitled, um, I'm entitled to this and that, I'm entitled to my own truth. Um, I can do what I want. I have the freedom to do what I want and, 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 and think what I want. And it leads to this, it leads to, to us not wanting to submit to, to, uh, the spirit of God, but wants us to create our own version of God, create our own version of the Bible, you know? Um, and, and here's the thing that, again, I want to reiterate. Um, and I've said this before, but I'll tell you again why I want to talk about this. You know, Jesus offended people. Jesus pissed people off. I think that's something that people don't understand is, you know, we talked about this last time. Jesus has been made to be this cool, hip person. I love everybody, and I don't say anything mean to anybody. No, Jesus made people mad. Like, Jesus had followers. He had crowds, but he made a lot of people mad because Jesus spoke the truth. Not a truth. He spoke the truth. Okay, the word of God is like a it's like a, a, a two edged sword, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it pierces, it pierces to the bone, you know, I mean, it, it pierces because it's, it's the truth. You know, the truth um, of God is meant to convict us. The truth of God is meant to hold us accountable. It is supposed to offend you. You're supposed to be offended when you listen to the gospel. It's supposed to bother you. And I think that's what people don't understand. Oh, if it bothers me or if it makes me think about my choices, then it's a bad thing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, what good, um, what good is the gospel if it doesn't, if it does not, um, provoke us to change our life? What good, what good is it if we're supposed to be like Christ, but we're never moved and motivated to do so? You know, the only way that we're going to learn, um, that it's not our way, 
you know, and that we're in the wrong is if someone tells us, if the Bible gives us that information, if the Bible says, this is the mindset you're supposed to have, not this. Okay. And the Bible tells us, it, it guides us. It, it tells us, you know, this is the mindset you're to have. This is how you're to walk. You know, for example, set your mind on, on things that are beautiful and things that are noble, you know, um, we talked about before, you know, uh, the, uh, the, um, we do not wrestle against, uh, flesh and blood, but against spirit principalities, um, and, and wickedness in high places. The Bible gives us information so that we are to shape our lives, um, according to the word of God and according to the leading of his spirit and the fruit of the spirit and the character of God. Okay. If God does not, if, if you're not bothered by things that God say, something's wrong. You need to check your heart, okay? Because shaping is a constant thing and pruning is a constant thing. If you've ever looked at um, at a potter, you know, who is making a, a jar of clay. I watched it one day. I watched a video of it because, you know, there's lots of references. There's references in the Bible. And it was really fascinating because just when you thought the potter was done, he'd cut another piece off. It's a constant shaping, molding, spinning of the wheel, getting rid of excess things until the potter has the finished product, which was beautiful. And there were some times, this, this could even be a whole other sermon about this. There were there were other, there were times where you'd look at the potter and you're like, I don't know what the heck you're doing and what you're making because that looks like a lump of clay right now. Doesn't look like much. Why did he cut that piece off? Why did he cut this piece off? And then over time you begin to see and tap into the vision and you're like, oh, now I see what he's doing. Look how beautiful that is. Okay. Um, but the Bible says that the, the clay doesn't look at the potter and say, what are you doing? Why are you molding me this way? Why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you, what right does the clay have, have to look at the potter and say that? The potter is the one that is taking the clay and creating it. He's the visionary. Okay. And that's the way that God is, you know, God is a visionary and God, you know, going back to the garden with Adam and Eve, uh, when God put laws in place, when he told them, do this, don't do that, do this. It was for protection. It's because God says, I've designed you perfectly. And in order to remain in that design, you're going to have to have this mindset and you're going to have to obey these things. You're going to have to be, you know, you're made in my image. And so you're going to have to be the image, not only physically, but my character as well. And whenever she stepped outside, whenever Eve decided to step outside of that design, when she decided, no, I want to, I want to be who I want to be, you know, I'm going to mold things how I want to mold them. I want to do things my way. It was disastrous. It was disastrous for her. She believed a lie um, instead of the truth that she knew. She, she chose to believe a lie and it brought all kinds of disaster upon her life. She was deceived and, and, and you see from there, you know, even today the the sin struggle that's there and, and, and the battle, the, the spiritual battle that has taken place and a war that, that has to be that we already know who's going to win, but has to be fought. You know, it's, it's a battle, it's a war, you know? And you see what happens whenever you as the clay, as the one who is designed, try to, do things yourself and think that you have a better plan and you have a better mindset. So going back to what we're talking about with the Plato gospel, you know, when you take the Bible and you fit it around your lifestyle and you fit it to what, to what makes you happy and what fits you. Okay. It's disastrous. All right. It's disastrous. 
I know people that will take Sodom and Gomorrah and make an argument that, oh, that wasn't, they weren't destroyed because of wickedness. It didn't have anything to do with homosexuality. It had to do with the fact that they didn't take care of the poor and this and that. And I mean, people over the years have tried to take the Bible and try to, try to justify sin because of it. And say, well, this is my interpretation, you know, and or this is a gray area, this or this or that or whatever. Um, and it's extremely dangerous because then you you get to the point where um, you're not you're not receiving the truth of God's word. You're believing a completely different gospel altogether. You're believing something that you have actually made up and not something that actually truly exists, okay? Um, the character of God is very clear. And today, you know, people are all about, and I don't even like to use this term because it's a witchcraft term, uh, but people are all about dabbling in things, you know? Oh, I can dabble here and it won't affect me. I can dabble here. I can dip my toes in evil, you know? And God even convicted me about that today. You know, we, we, we like to think, oh, a little bit here and a little bit there is, is okay, you know? Whether it's watching things we shouldn't watch, listening things that we shouldn't listen to, um, giving uh, in access to influences in our life that don't need to be there. Uh, because last night at church, um, Pastor Ryan Cole was talking about um, our mindset, how important our mindset is, you know, and uh, that everything starts in the mind. All right. The mind is spiritual. It's not physical. It's spiritual. And so that's what we have to guard, protect. That's what has to be transformed. The Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what needs to be renewed. Um, and so, uh, you know, and even John Ramirez said, it's the little things that end up getting you in the end. It's not the big things. It's these little dabblings with evil. It's these little things that you give access to that end up becoming the big things that trip you up later. And so, um, but, you know, everybody, I think, at some point has tried to do that. They've either ignored the voice of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has clearly convicted you on something and said, this is wrong. This is crossing the line. I've done it before. I've heard the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and I've tried to ignore it. Um, and it, it has cost me in some way later when I have done that. Um, or some people just like to to bring in thoughts from the world. There's a reason why God said to be in the world and not of the world, because the world does not have the mind of God. Okay. People are created in the image of God, but the culture of the world is not godly. It's not the culture of the world says you are your own God. You are your own. You rule yourself, not you submit to the authority of God and you're created in the image of God. It's you are your own God. So you are self-serving and you do what makes you feel good. You do what makes you happy. You do this, you know. So now instead of it being, you know, God's design is is uh is man and woman, um now you have the world that that enters in and says, "Oh no, it's it's man and man, it's woman and woman, it's 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 homosexuality because Jesus loved people. And if you don't accept that, then then Jesus, then you're not showing the love of Jesus, which is a whole bunch of crap because God says he disciplines those that he loves. God holds people accountable. Love holds people accountable. And when God clearly says that something is sin, okay, that is a loving statement because he's saying, I don't want to leave you in a dark place. I don't want to leave you in a sinful place. So I'm going to correct you and bring truth into your life. That's going to shape you and send you on the right path because I want to protect you. Okay, but the problem is, is everybody today, not everybody, excuse me, there are people today 
today that think that God's, you know, that the leading of God's spirit, God's, God's laws, whatever, are restrictive. You know, that when God tells you you can't do something, well, that's just restrictive. Well, that just stresses me out. Well, that just this. And and they look at it as punishment rather than they look at it as protection. Because God is a God is a fan of boundary lines. He creates boundary lines, okay? And he creates them for protection. If you think about think about a child. If a child is playing into the yard and there's a fence line that separates the yard from the street, it's extremely important that that boundary is there because if it's not, that child could run out in the road and get hit by a car. But there's a boundary there that says, this is how you stop here. Don't go any further because there's danger on the other side of that. Well, that's exactly what God has done. And that's exactly what his word does is his word shows. And he even gives us an example of it in, in the Garden of Eden, you know, with Eve and Adam. Um, it's not just showing us, hey, this happened in the past. It's saying, look what happens when boundaries are ignored. It's things that are still applied today so that we can look back and see the effects of sin and see the effects of Eve's actions on the whole world. Like, see the effects of Eve's actions, um, not just on her, but on everything. Because sin is extremely destructive. But we like to play around with it like it's a lollipop or it's a it's a hacky sack that we're throwing in the air, you know? And it's extremely dangerous. And that's why lives are falling apart and and people are, are you know, and here's the thing, guys. This is what we have to understand. It says that in the last days that there's it says that there's going to be a falling away and it's gonna and it says that people are going to gravitate towards teachers. And, and preachers that tickle their ears, that tell them what they want to hear. I don't ever want to be that person. I pray to God that me and my fiance and my family are never that person. I hope to God we're not. I hope that we are always, always pierced to the heart. Pierced to the heart and soul with the truth of God. I hope the truth of God breaks me, shakes me, cuts me up. Because that's what it's supposed to do. The truth of God is supposed to, to, to cut pieces off of you so that you can become everything that God has created and designed you to be. Okay? You know what? Here's the thing. People look at it as in a negative light, but let's look at it as a mountain, climbing a mountain. Okay? You can't climb a mountain when you have 500 boulders chained to you. Okay? You're not going to go higher when you are weighed down with things. But as you allow God to say, Rebecca, this is wrong. This is not the, this is not who I've called you to be. You need to let this go. You need to stop this. You need to redirect your course. A boulder falls off of me and I go higher. Okay? It's like something falls off and I go higher. It's weight. It's weight. The deceiving part about it is, you know, first of all, the deceiving part about it is the devil likes to make you think that that comfort equals success equals going higher equals let me tell you something and and I'm going back earlier I know I'm kind of jumping around to different things but there is okay going back to Jesus making people mad there is a cost to following Christ I've said this I'm experiencing some you know of it now there is a cost to following Jesus it's going to cost you things it may be people it may be jobs it may be um you have to move and get away from whatever it is, you know, 
it's going to cost you something. And the reason I say that a lot is because that's the area that people fall off the wagon. That's that's the area that people go, well, I'm going to veer off another path. Because people don't like sacrifice. They don't like to give things up. They like to have their cake and eat it too. And they don't like to give things up. Okay, so looking at, let's look at an example in the Bible of, of the Word of God bringing correction, but bringing love at the same time, right? Okay, that, that you see the love and the mercy of God in correction and in the truth, but you also see, um, but you also see direction. You also see that accountability there. The woman that was uh, caught in adultery, she was dragged out in the streets. They caught her in the act. They brought her before Jesus, which means she was probably stark naked. And they said, the law says to stone this woman. She was caught committing adultery. What do you say? They tried to trap Jesus. Bunch of shifty people, um, just shady and, and vipers, you know. And here's this woman before Jesus, you know, and Jesus can really do anything he wants at this point. He could look at her and he could, he could yell at her and he could say whatever. And he doesn't even really respond to the accusers at first. And then he finally looks at him and says, hey, whoever of y'all is without sin, go ahead and throw your stone first. And they all had to walk because they'd all sinned and they knew they had. They couldn't stand before that, you know. And then the woman is, Jesus is with the woman the woman, he had an opportunity at this point, after everybody had left, to chew her out. What the crap are you doing, woman? Like, what are you doing? That was a dumb mistake. You know, you were caught. How to, And he doesn't do that. You know what he does? He looks at her and he says, where are your accusers? And she said, are they not there? And she said, no, no one's here. And he said, okay, well, then neither do I accuse you or condemn you. He's like, you know, I, I don't condemn you. He said, but he doesn't stop there. He says, now go and sin no more. So he shows her love and mercy and compassion in that moment. But then he takes the truth and he takes the truth and he pierces her with it. And he says, go and sin no more. Go and change your life. Don't do this again. This is a correction. I'm correcting your path at this moment. And I'm telling you that this is the area that you have to go. I have shown you love so that you can correct your life. But now today, it's not about that. It's, it's, Oh, love means accepting everybody for everything and you don't step on anybody's toes. That is not Jesus. Jesus flipped tables in a temple. So I don't know why you get this idea of um, why people, excuse me, get this idea of that Jesus just doesn't offend people or step on toes or whatever. Truth is transformational. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. Okay. Truth that doesn't set you free is not truth. Okay. All right, you're still, you can walk around today with the new, this new age idea of, oh, you know, truth is just relative, like my truth is not your truth and da, 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 and you are in chains more than you can think of. You may be saying, oh, but I have a lot of money and I have this and I have blessings and I have whatever and I have, okay, you have things, okay, but those things, first of all, you aren't going to take them to heaven with you. It's When you die, guess what? They're going to someone else. So it really doesn't matter how many things that you have. What matters is the eternity of your soul. And what matters is who are you becoming? Are you becoming more like Christ every day? Or are you becoming more like the world? Okay? 
Here's the thing that Christians are going to have to realize. You're going to have to understand that you're going to be hated by people. People are going to hate you. And some of them will be people that are close to you. Some of them will be family members. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, well, I don't like the way that you think. And I don't like the way that you talk. And you're talking different. And you're acting different. And I don't like that. And that's not Jesus. And they're going to say all kinds of crap in your face. But God said, if they hate you, don't worry because they hated me first. All right? Man, I love I love people like Stephen in the New Testament that get up and and tell the Jews off and he's like you're just as stubborn and stiff-necked now as your fathers were. They rejected Christ and so have you. And he said, "But you know what? It's all right because Christ, you know, Christ is is risen and and he's all powerful." And I mean, you know, uh the apostles, man, they stuck it to him. They got up. I think Peter got up as well and said, um I believe it's Peter. Forgive me if it's not, if I got this wrong. Um, I can't remember if it was Peter or Stephen that said the stone that you rejected has now become the the cornerstone, you know, um, and, and talking about Jesus, you know, and everything. So um, evaluate yourself. Evaluate. I always ask all of us to evaluate ourselves. I tried to do the Play-Doh thing today, okay? I um, I was watching some videos, you know, it was, it was a show. And I really like one of the characters in it, but it doesn't have the best themes. It doesn't have the most godly themes in the world, you know. And I tried to slide around it and say, oh, well, I only watch certain parts and I don't watch this and that. But God's sitting here today like, Rebecca, you know that that's not healthy because that's opening yourself up to influences that, that don't need to be there, spiritual influences. And I had to be like, you're right, God, you're right, you're right. I can't, I mean, it's, you know, and that's something, that's something that can be as simple, or maybe that's hard for people, you know, maybe it's hard to give up things that you watch, okay, but it can be anything, it can be people. Maybe there are people that you are allowing in your life that you're close to, but they are not pushing you to be a better person. They're not feeding your soul. They're not, they're not somebody, it's not iron that sharpens iron. It's somebody that's actually leading you away from the Lord and, 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 and getting you to question uh, who you are and, and question the Lord and, and, and your beliefs and things like that. You got to let things go. Maybe it's somebody who is, is, is unrepented and manipulative and they just don't stop, you know? This is a whole nother sermon, but you can, you can distance yourself from people and still love them. The church likes to say that that's not true, um, but that is a hundred percent true. All right. You got to protect your inner circle. You got to protect, as John Ramirez says, your holy of holies. You only let certain people in there and it's very few, you know, um, but anyway, I don't want to get on another topic, but I want you to ask yourself today, you know, are there verses that I will take out of context in the Bible? So what it means to take something out of context is that you'll take a verse and you'll want to use it in one way when really it doesn't have that meaning at all. Because if you look at the other verses surrounding it, if you look at the other information surrounding it, it's actually referring to something else. But we like to piece together scriptures and stuff like that, you know, to make up our own truth, to mold that Plato of the gospel um, you know, and I think that's the thing is as, as believers, disciples of Christ, we have to realize, first of all, it is not going to be easy. I'm going to tell you what, guys, it's not easy. It's going to cost you things. It is going to cost you. Okay. Not it might. It's going to cost you. 
okay? That's why God says don't cling to the things of this world. Don't store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, okay? Because what happens if you have four, what happens if you're making $45,000 a year and all of a sudden God says, I've called you to go into ministry or I've called you to do something and you need to leave all of that money behind. Are you going to ignore him or are you going to obey him? Because if you obey him, it's going to cost you a lot and people will look at you and think you're stupid for it and they'll, they'll say you're an idiot, da, 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 but that's because their God is money. And they don't understand why in the world somebody would obey God and, and seek him rather than seeking money. Okay? Um, it's going to cost you something. You know, it's going to cost you a lot. I've, I mean, you know, it's cost me things in my life. And I've, I'm starting to see, you know, I've experienced a, a lot of loss, I guess, in a sense over the last couple of months in different areas of my life. And I've seen God's, you know just an, an awakening in my perspective of the truth of the gospel when 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 Jesus says that that he came to not to bring peace but a sword that it's going to divide people that the truth of God will divide people because you're either going to live by the truth and you're either going to accept the truth or you're not going to there are there is no gray area there is no in between there is no half in half out okay there is no lukewarm there is, there is no, I can have the best of both worlds. There is no, I can, I can sin, but still go to heaven. There's, that doesn't exist. Okay. You know, because a lot of people today, you know, in, in certain denominations think I prayed and, and this was discussed last night at church and I'm so glad it was brought up. It's, I prayed a prayer once. I'm good, bro. I can do whatever I want to do because Jesus's forgiveness is always is always there. But what do you do in the Bible when it when it talks about bearing fruit? When it says you will know them by their fruit, and then indeed every tree that doesn't bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What do you do with those verses? Because if you are constantly living in a in a place of unrepentance and a cycle of sin, that is not bearing fruit. It's not. Okay. It following Jesus is going to cost you something. Jesus says, I'm, Jesus tells you, says to put off the old man and put on the new man. That means that you have got to let go of the old, of the old man. You've got to let go of the old self. You have got to sacrifice and say, I'm not going to be the person I've always been. I'm shedding that, I'm getting rid of that, and I'm putting on the new man. I'm, I'm taking on the image, uh, you're made in the image of Christ, but I'm taking on the character, the fruits of the Spirit. Um, I'm going to change the way that I speak and the way that I think, and I'm going to change what I'm around, and I'm going to change my habits, um, the ones that, that are, that are um, you know, not the character of God, and I'm going to make changes, Okay? Because I hate to tell you, if you if you accept a Plato gospel, if you come up with this Plato gospel and you accept it, and that's what you want, and everything's pretty because you just shape whatever you want, you just take the gospel and you mold it into whatever into whatever you want it to be. Read in Revelation. Go to the end of Revelation and read about that. Read about changing the word of God. Reading about molding what it means, like taking away from the word of God, adding to the word of God. You know how serious that is. But understand that your your perspective, uh, you, if you are a Plato gospel type of person, you will never know. You'll get you'll get to where you won't even know the truth anymore. You won't even recognize it when you hear it, and that's a scary place to be. 
Because then that means if you don't know the truth and you don't have the truth of God's spirit and you're not led by the truth of God's spirit, then that means you can be easily led by anything out there. We have to be vigilant. We have to be sober. We have to keep our eyes open. We have to wake up. And it's easy in this day and time to get comfortable and fall asleep. And to think that that things of this world, to think that, oh, witches aren't real and witchcraft's not real and all this is, and you can play with magic and it's okay and it doesn't hurt anyone or you can marry who you want to, you can sleep with whoever you want to and it doesn't bother anybody. When you start believing lies and lies become your truth, then you don't even recognize the truth when it's presented to you. You live in a deceived state and that's exactly the state that Eve was in. She was deceived. She lived, she, she believed something. Um, she believed a lie and because of that it affected her entire life death entered when she was deceived death entered when she did not accept the truth when she did not hold fast to the truth to the truth of God we've got to wake up and we've got to be vigilant and we've got to to be aware we've got to to cling to the truth of God's word and I know that sometimes the word of God can be hard to comprehend and sometimes you need help and there's nothing wrong with that I know that there are passages in the Bible that are hard to interpret sometimes I, I'm there I'm I have a study Bible and I have to look up and there are some things that I that that I'll read and I'm like oh that's actually talking about in the future instead of now and I and I know that can be frustrating sometimes and you have people men of God you have resources you've got the guidance of the Holy Spirit to help you with that okay all right but don't don't take the sin that you want to keep around in your life and then bring it to the word and then mold the gospel to fit that somehow mold the gospel and say oh it's okay Jesus wouldn't, Jesus wouldn't tell me no. Jesus wouldn't, this, go back and look at Jesus and read what he said and read. I mean, Jesus said, if you even look at a woman, you're lusting after them. That's adultery. Looking at a woman and lusting after her in her heart is adultery, not even the act itself. So if Jesus is looking at actions in the heart, how much more is he going to look at other things? Accept Jesus for who he is, not for who you want him to be. The world wants him to be something completely different and tries to mold him and shape him and they blaspheme him all the time because they want him to be something that he's not. We got to accept Christ for who he is. And let me tell you something. Christ is awesome. Holiness is awesome. Righteousness is awesome. It's great. It's not something to dread. It's not something. It is It is wonderful to have a God who is just and true and faithful, who who does not waver and does not move and is not moved by the by the ridiculous uh deception of the world are you going to be one of the few are you going to be one of the few cuz here's what i'm going to tell you and this is alarming and it should be alarming the bible says broad is the way to destruction and many it, it, it many follow that path in other words broad is the way to hell and there's a lot of people going there but narrow is the way and few be that find it because the narrow way is the costly way and there's only going to be a few people there's only going to be a few people a, a small amount of people that are going to pay the price to walk that walk that are going to say then they're going to accept the truth of God, apply the truth of God, that are going to walk in the character and the, be led by the Spirit of God. I believe that there's going to be a lot less people in heaven than we think there will be. So, 
All right, I got fired up on this one. Didn't expect to get that fired up, but it's just really important, guys. It's very, don't don't be somebody who 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 creates a Plato gospel. Let the gospel mold you. Let Christ mold you. Let the word of God mold and shape you. Not the it's not the other way around. Okay? All right, guys. I hope you have a great night. Um I'll come back at you with another podcast, and I hope you guys are blessed and share this with your family and friends. All right. I love you guys. Peace be to you guys.